Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Ashhadu anna Muhammadar La 
Today I will give an account on the life of Hazrat Amir bin Fuhera. A very detailed account of his life is recorded in history, and he played a role in some of the most important incidents in the history of Islam, and he was enabled to be part of them. Those incidents are such that it is important to mention their details as well. His title was Abu Amr and he belonged to the tribe of Azad. He was an African slave of Tufail bin Abdullah bin Sakhbara, who was the stepbrother of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. And the term here used for stepbrother means that he was her brother from the same mother but they had different fathers. Amir bin Fuhara was among those who were the first to accept Islam and he had accepted Islam before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, went to Dari Arkham. He used to graze the goats of Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu, and many hardships were inflicted upon him by the disbelievers after he had accepted Islam. Later on, Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu bought him and set him free.
Amir bin Fuhera used to graze the goats of Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu during the time of the migration to Medina when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu were in the cave on Mount Sur. Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu had instructed him to regularly bring the goats to them. Hence, he used to graze the goats all day long and then take the goats of Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu close to the cave on Mount Sur. Then, both of them, that is, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu used to milk the goats themselves. When Abdullah bin Abi Bakr used to go and visit both of them, that is, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu, he used to be followed by Hazrat Amir bin Fuhera, so that his footsteps may be erased and become ambiguous, in a way that no one will be able to tell where he went, and the disbelievers would not become suspicious in any way. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu came out of the cave on Mount Sur and proceeded to Medina, Hazrat Amir bin Fuhera also migrated with them. Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu sat him behind himself on the camel. At that time, a mushrik, an idolater from the tribe of Banu Adi, was navigating the way for them. Then, after the migration, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, established muakhat, a bond of brotherhood between Hazrat Amir bin Fuhera and Hazrat Haris bin Aus bin Muaz. Hazrat Amir bin Fuhera participated in the battles of Badr and Uhud, and he was martyred during the incident of Beremona at the age of 40. Prior to the migration, Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu helped to free seven such slaves who used to be tortured for the sake of Allah the Almighty. Hazrat Bilal was one of them, and Hazrat Amir bin Fuhera was also among those. Narrating the incident of migration, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha states that once we were sitting at the house of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu at noon. That is, they were sitting in their own home. And a caller said to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was coming while his head is covered with a cloth. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, came at a time at which he usually did not come to us. And when he arrived, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, May my parents be sacrificed for your sake. By God, the fact that you have come here means that this is certainly for an important task. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha further states, That by this time, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him had arrived at the house and sought permission to enter inside. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu permitted him and the Holy Prophet peace be upon him entered. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that send everyone who is with you out. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu replied, O Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, may my parents be sacrificed for your sake. There are only your family members present in the house, i.e. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and her mother Ummi Ruman. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, I have been granted permission to migrate. Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu said, O Prophet of Allah wasallam, please take me with you. May my parents be sacrificed for your sake. Upon this, 
The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Indeed, you should come with me. Following this, Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu said, May my parents be sacrificed for your sake. If I am to accompany you, you should take one of my two camels to travel with. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, that I will take it in exchange for a price. Hazrat Aisha ta'ala anha further relates, that hence we quickly prepared and packed their items. We prepared some provisions for them and packed them in a leather bag. The daughter of Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu, Hazrat Asma ta'ala anha, cut a piece of her waistband and tied the bag with it. For this reason she is known as Zatun Nital, i.e. the one with the belt. She further states that following this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu, arrived at a cave in the mountain of Sur and remained hidden there for three nights. Hazrat Abdullah bin Abi Bakr used to go and spend the night with them. At the time he was an intelligent and clever young man, that is, he was very mature at the time, and he would leave them when it was still dark, therefore returning in the early morning, when it was still dark, and he would spend the morning with the Quraysh of Mecca, as if he had spent the night there. And whatever schemes he heard from them, i.e. from the disbelievers, he would understand them well, and when it became dark, he would reach the cave and relate this to them. Since he stayed in Mecca the entire day, he would then relate all of the schemes of the disbelievers to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, at night. Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu's slave, Amir bin Fuhera, would graze the goat from his herd that had her udders filled with milk near them. And just after the time of Isha, i.e. the evening prayer, he would bring this goat to them, and both of them would drink this milk and spend the night. That is, he would give the milk of his goat that had udders filled with milk, and Amir bin Fuhera would go to his herd in the latter part of the night and start calling them. And he did this for three nights. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu hired an individual from the tribe of Banudil in order to show them the way. This individual belonged to the tribe of Banu Abdir bin Adi, and he was an extremely experienced guide. He had taken oaths of allegiance with the family of As bin Wai, and he followed the religion of the disbelievers of the Quraysh. However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu both trusted this individual, even though he was a disbeliever and brought up by the Quraysh. But nonetheless, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, trusted him and handed his camels for the journey to him, and took this promise from him that he would arrive at the cave of Sur in the morning after three days. And so, Amir bin Fuhera and the guide accompanied the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu. The guide took three of them on a path alongside the seashore. This particular narration is from Sahih al-Bukhari. Suraka bin Malik bin Joshim relates that the messengers of the disbelievers of Quraysh came to us who started to fix the blood money for anyone who would either kill the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr, ta'ala anhu, or capture them. 
At the time I was sitting in a gathering of my tribe, Banu Mudlij, and one of them, i.e. the messengers, came before us. And they were discussing as to how to capture or kill the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and how to attack him. He says that whilst these matters were being discussed in our gathering, an individual approached us while we were sat and stood behind us and then said, Suraka, I have seen some shadows along the coastline a few moments ago, and I believe that this is Muhammad wasallam and his companions. Suraka further relates that I realized that indeed it was them, i.e. the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and his companions. However, I told him that this is most certainly not him. Rather, it is so-and-so who just left from us now. By doing so, Suraka dismissed his statement. And following this, he said that I remain in the gathering for a short while. Suraka, in fact, had become greedy at the time, lest that individual follow them and become deserving of the reward. Hence, Suraka says, Nevertheless, I dismissed his statement, got up after a short while, went home and told my maid to take out my horse and to keep it on the other side of the hill. In other words, there was a small hill behind the house and I said to her to take my horse there and to keep it there, ready for me. Thereafter, I took my spear and left my house from the rear and I placed the front end of my spear into the ground and bent the upper end down in order to mount my horse. In other words, he used the support of the spear in order to mount the horse and Suraka is narrating this entire incident himself. Suraka further relates that I then gave my horse a light pat to make it run, and it galloped with me on top until we reached Nirim, i.e. the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, when suddenly the horse stumbled in such a manner that I fell off it. He then says that I stood up lowered my hand into my quiver and took out an arrow and took an omen from it in order to determine whether I would be able to harm them or not. That is, whether I would be able to fulfill my intention of killing them or capturing them. He further relates that I received an omen I did not desire. That is, the omen was not in my favour and indicated that I would not be able to capture them. Suraka then further states that I mounted my horse again and acted contrary to the omen that I had received. And the horse once again began galloping ahead with me on top of it until I reached so close that I could hear the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, recite the Qur'an. He says that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not turn to look around, but Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu would continuously turn around. The front legs of my horse were dug into the ground up to the knees, and when I reached closer a short while later, it so happened that the legs of my horse dug into the sand and I fell down. I then scolded the horse and got up. However, it was unable to pull its legs out of the ground. At last, when it stood up straight after exerting a lot of effort, the sand from both of its legs flew up in the air like smoke. That is, that the legs were stuck into the ground to such an extent that when it forcefully tried to get out, the sand that came out was so much that it appeared as if a cloud of dust had spread across. Suraka then further states that at this point I took another omen from my arrows and I once again received an omen that I did not desire. That is, 
that the omen was contrary to the one he desired, meaning that he will not be able to capture the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him now. At that moment he says that I called them, that you are now safe. I shouted and said to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that you are now safe. Upon this they stopped, meaning he no longer intended to kill them or have any bad intentions. He then further says, I then mounted my horse and rode to them. And when my intentions changed, the horse also started to ride along without any problems, and we reached the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Or perhaps they also came towards him, or they stopped. However, he says, Seeing the hurdles and hindrances that I faced in trying to reach them, a feeling emerged in my heart that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would certainly prevail. I then said to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that your nation has fixed blood money for you, and I informed him of everything the people intended to do to him. That is, he informed the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, of the details of all the evil intentions of the disbelievers. He then further states that I presented my provisions to them, and said, since you are setting out on a journey, therefore here is some food for the journey. However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not accept anything, saying that they did not require it, and nor did he ask for anything else apart from saying that do not tell anyone about our journey, meaning that do not tell anyone about the route we are on. He then further states that I requested the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to write something for me which may serve as a treaty or a pact to live in peace. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said to Amir bin Fuhera, who was a slave from Ethiopia, but was now freed, and he was also travelling with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, instructed him to draft this document, and so he wrote it down on a piece of leather, after which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, carried on with his journey. Ibn Shihab then narrates that Urwa bin Zubair informed me that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, met with Hazrat Zubair, who was returning from Syria with a Muslim caravan on a business-related travel. Hazrat Zubair gave the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu some white garments. The Muslims of Medina by then had heard the news of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's departure from Mecca and they would visit the ground of Harra every morning and wait for until the heat of the afternoon would cause them to return. Meaning that they would wait until midday and when it would become intensely hot, they would return due to the heat. And they would do this every day in the expectation of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Ibn Shahab then further states that one day after waiting for a long time, when they had returned to their homes, a Jewish person climbed to the top of his house to check something and saw that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, along with his companions dressed in white clothes were coming and the mirage was disappearing from amongst them, meaning that he could barely trace what it was from far off but then gradually their faces became more evident. And so the Jewish person could not help but proclaim that, O Arab people, your leader who you were waiting for is here. This is because he was aware that the Muslims would visit a particular location every day to wait for someone. 
And so, when the Muslims heard this announcement, they ran towards their weapons immediately and gathered in the grounds of Hadra to welcome the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, arrived with all of them with him, he then rode towards the right and then arrived with them in the neighborhood of Banu Amr bin Uf. This happened on a Monday during the month of Rabiul Awal. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu stood up to meet with people and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, remained quietly seated. Those amongst the Ansar, i.e. the inhabitants of Medina who had not yet seen the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, began offering the greetings of peace to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu until the sun began to shine upon the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Since a lot of time had passed and the little shade that was present at first was no longer there due to the sun's heightened position, so therefore Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu provided the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, a shade with his mantle, and it was only then that the people saw the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. The Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, stayed in the neighborhood of Banu Amr bin Awf for a little more than ten nights, and the mosque, the foundation of which was based on righteousness, was constructed, and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, offered his prayers inside it. Afterwards, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, mounted on his camel, and people began walking with him, and his camel entered Medina and settled at the location where Masjid Nabi i.e. the Prophet's mosque, is situated today. At the time, a few Muslims would offer their prayers at this location, and it was also a place where Suhail and Sahel would dry their dates. It was an open field where these two orphan boys would dry the dates from their land, and Hazrat Saad bin Zurara was responsible for their upbringing. However, when the camel of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, sat down there, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said, that if Allah wills, this will be my place of residence. Then the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, called for those two boys and inquired about the price for the piece of land for the construction of the mosque. However, they responded, that, O Messenger of Allah, وسلم, we give you this land for free. However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, refused to obtain this piece of land from them for free and purchased it instead. Thereafter, the mosque was constructed. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, also carried the bricks with the people during its construction. And whilst doing so, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, used to recite that Hazal Himalu la Himala Khaybar, Haza Abaru Rabbana Wathar. Meaning, this load is not like the burden of Khaybar. In fact, O our Lord, this weight is very wonderful and pure. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would also recite that Allahumma inna al-ajra, ajrul akhira, farham al-ansara wal-muhajra. That is, O oh Allah, the true reward is that of the hereafter. For this reason, please have mercy on the ansar and the muhajireen. And this narration is also from Sahih al-Bukhari. Hazrat Muslim has also explained about the migration of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. He has written the account in his own style, therefore I shall read out some of the details. Hazrat Muslim writes, At last, not a single Muslim remained in Mecca, save a few slave converts, the Prophet, peace be upon him himself, Abu Bakr and Ali radiallahu anhumah. The Meccans realized that their prey was about to escape 
And so the chiefs assembled again and decided that they should now kill the Prophet, peace be upon him. By a special divine design it seems, that the day that they had appointed for killing the Prophet, peace be upon him, was appointed for his escape. And so, when the Meccan party was collecting in front of the Prophet's house with the intent to kill, the Prophet, peace be upon him, was moving out in the secrecy of the night. The Meccans must have feared anticipation of their foul design by the Prophet, peace be upon him, and so they proceeded cautiously, and when the Prophet, peace be upon him, himself passed by, they took him for someone else, and withdrew to avoid being noticed. Thus, instead of attacking the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, they began hiding from him out of fear that this stranger may go and inform the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, of their plans. Hazrat Muslim Anhu then further states that the Prophet, peace be upon him's closest friend, Abu Bakr Anhu, had been informed of the Prophet's plan the day before. And so he duly joined and then both left Mecca and took shelter in a cave called Sur, about three or four miles from Mecca over a hill. And so when the Meccans learnt of the Prophet, peace be upon him's escape, they collected and sent a force in pursuit, and led by a tracker, they reached Sur, and standing at the mouth of the cave, in which the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu sat hiding, the tracker with great conviction said that Muhammad, peace be upon him, was either in the cave or had ascended to heaven. Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu heard this, and his heart sank. The enemy has nearly got to us, he whispered. But the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, that La tahzan, inna Allah ma'ana. But fear not, God is with us. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu replied, that, O Prophet of Allah, I fear not for myself, but for you. For if I die, I am but an ordinary mortal. But O Messenger of Allah وسلم, if you die, it will mean death to faith and spirit. However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, assured him and said, Even so, fear not. We are not two in this cave. There is a third, God. However, since the Meccan tyranny was destined to end and Islam was to have the chance to grow, the pursuers were deceived and they ridiculed the tracker's judgment. They said it was too open a cave for anybody to take shelter in, for with snakes and vipers it was none too safe. However, if they had but bent a little, they could have sighted the two, but they did not, and dismissing the tracker, they returned to Mecca. For two days, the Prophet, peace be upon him, and Abu Bakr anhu waited in the cave. And on the third night, according to the plan, two fleet camels were brought to the cave, one for the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and the guide, and the other for Abu Bakr anhu and his servant, Amir bin Fuhera.
But before setting out, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, looked back at Mecca, and emotions welled up in his heart. Mecca was his birthplace. He had lived there as a child and man and had received there the divine call. It was the place where his forefathers had lived and flourished since the time of Ismail. And with these thoughts, he had a last long look at it, and then said, O Mecca, you are dearer to me than any other place in the world, but your people would not let me live here. Upon this, as Abu Bakr anhu said, The place which has turned out its profit, it only now awaits its destruction. The Meccans, after the failure of their pursuit, put a prize on their heads and said that whoever captured and restored to the Meccans the Prophet, peace be upon him, or Abu Bakr anhu, dead or alive, was to have a reward of a hundred camels. The announcement was made among the tribes around Mecca, and tempted by the reward, Suraka bin Malik, a Bedouin chief, started in pursuit of the party and ultimately sighted them on the road to Medina. He saw two mounted camels, and feeling sure they were bearing the Prophet peace be upon him, and Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu spurred on his horse. The horse reared and fell before it had gone very far, and Suraka fell with it. Suraka later accepted Islam, and he gives his own account of the entire incident. Hazrat Muslimaud has written the whole incident previously mentioned, as narrated by Suraka. However, Hazrat Muslimaud then further writes, The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, asked Amir bin Fahira to write Suraka a guarantee, and he did. And just as Suraka got ready to return with it, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, received a revelation about the future events concerning Suraka. God Almighty revealed to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, about the future events concerning Suraka. And according to that, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, said to Suraka, that, O Suraka, how will you feel with the gold bangles of Chosros on your wrists? Amazed at the prophecy, he asked, Which Chosros? Chosros bin Humrus, the emperor of Iran? The Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, Yes. And so, sixteen or seventeen years later, the prophecy was literally fulfilled. Suraka accepted Islam and went to Medina. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, passed away. And after him, first Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu and then Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu became the Khalifas of Islam. And the growing influence of Islam made the Iranians jealous and led them to attack the Muslims. But instead of subjugating the Muslims, they were themselves subjugated by them. And the capital of Iran fell to the Muslims who captured its treasures, including the gold bangles which the Chosros wore at the state functions. After his conversion, Suraka used to describe his pursuit of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions, and used to tell of what happened between them at the time of migration. And thus the Muslims were aware of the prophecy of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in which he stated that, Suraka, how will you feel when the bangles of the Chosros will be on your wrists? And so, when the spoils of the war with Iran were placed before Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he saw the gold bangles and remembered what the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had told Suraka. Hazrat Umar saw it all before his own eyes. It was a grand prophecy made at a time of utter helplessness 
when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was made to leave his hometown and go to Medina. Furthermore, Suraka and others were in pursuit of him to bring him back to the Meccans, dead or alive, with a reward of a hundred camels. It was in that time that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, asked Suraka, that how will he feel when the gold bangles of Chosros will be on his wrists? What a grand prophecy and clear knowledge of the unseen this was. When Hazrat Umar anhu saw the gold bangles, he was shown a glimpse of God Almighty's power. And so, Hazrat Umar anhu sent for Suraka and ordered him to put on the gold bangles. Suraka protested that the wearing of gold by men had been forbidden in Islam. Hazrat Umar anhu replied that indeed this was true, that men have been forbidden to wear gold but that the occasion was an exception. And so, it was not forbidden to do so in this particular occasion. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had foreseen Chosro's gold bangles on his wrists. Therefore, he had to wear them now, even on pain of punishment. This is because a prophecy had been fulfilled, and therefore the rest of the prophecy should also be fulfilled. Suraka, however, was objecting out of deference to the Prophet's teaching. Otherwise, he was as eager as anyone else to provide visible proof of the fulfillment of the great prophecy. And so, Suraka put on the bangles, and the Muslims saw the grand prophecy fulfilled before their very eyes. It has been recorded in some books that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not speak of Suraka bin Malik being given the bangles of Chosros at the time of the migration, rather it was at a place called Jirana right after the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was returning from Hunayn and Taif. Nevertheless, the more common narration is the one mentioned previously, i.e. at the time of the migration, which has also been mentioned by Hazrat Muslim anhu. When Hazrat Amir bin Fuhera migrated to Medina, he fell ill upon arrival. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, prayed for him, and as a result he regained full health. Hazrat Aisha anha relates that when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, arrived in Medina, having migrated from Makkah, some of his companions fell ill, namely Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Amir bin Fuhera and Hazrat Bilal radiallahu anhu. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, granted Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha permission to visit them and inquire of their health. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha asked Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu about his health. And in reply, he recited the following couplet: "That kullu imrin musabbahum fi ahlihi, wal mautu adna min shirak in That is to say, whenever a man wakes up in the morning in his own home, it is indeed a good morning, even if death is closer to him than the lace of a shoe. In other words, he is in such a state when he wakes that he is cognizant of the fact that one day he is eventually going to die. Hazrat Aisha radiyallahu taala then inquired of the health of Amir bin Fuhera and he answered by reciting the following couplet that inni wajattu mauta qabla that is to say I have tasted death even before it befalls me surely the death of a coward comes unexpectedly which means that a courageous man is ever ready to die whereas a coward is unprepared for his death Hazrat Aisha anha then inquired of Hazrat Bilal's health and he replied in the following couplet يَا لَيْتَ شَرِي هَلْ أَبِيْتَنَّ لَيْلَةً يُفَجِّحُ لَهُ إِزْخُرْ وَجَلِيلٌ 
In other words, how I wish to know if I am to spend the night in the valley of Mecca surrounded by the grasses of Izhar and Jalil. Thereafter, Hazrat Aisha ta'ala anha returned to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and related to him the replies of all three companions. In other words, what Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Amir bin Fuhera, and Hazrat Bilal radiallahu anhum said. After hearing this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, looked at the sky and supplicated, Allahumma habbib ilayna al-Madina kama habbabta ilayna Makkah wa ashadda. Allahumma barak lana fi sa'iha wa fi muddiha wa ankul wabaha ila maya. That is, O oh Allah, make Medina as beloved to us as you made Makkah beloved, or more than that. And O oh Allah, make it conducive to health, and bless us in its sa and mud by units of weight and measurement, and transfer its fever to Maya, by a place far away from us. Hazrat Amir bin Fuhera was martyred during the incident of Beremona, and when these companions were killed at Beremona, and Hazrat Amr bin Umayya Zamri was held captive, Amir bin Tufel pointed to a deceased and asked him who this man was. Upon this question, Amr bin Umayya answered that it was Amir bin Fuhera. Amir bin Tufel then said that I saw Amir bin Fuhera being raised to the heavens after being martyred up to the point that the sky was between him and the earth, and I can see it even now. Thereafter he descended to the earth. Thus the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was given news of this and informed his companions of his martyrdom. He stated, Your companion has been martyred, and he prayed to his Lord, O our Lord, inform our brothers of what has happened to us, and that we are pleased with you, and you are pleased with us. Thus, God Almighty informed them, and God Almighty showed this scene to the non-Muslims as well. This is also a tradition from Sahih al-Bukhari. There are differing views as to how the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, received news of who killed Hazrat Amir bin Fuhera. However, according to some narrations, Amir bin Tufel, who narrated this, was the one who martyred him. After all, it was Amir bin Tufel who inquired as to who the deceased was. Hence, he was the one from among the enemies who killed him. But on the other hand, according to another source, Abdul Jabbar bin Salmi was the one who killed him. In any case, Hazrat Amir bin Fuhera was killed in the incident of Beremona, and whilst describing the incident in which Hazrat Amir bin Fuhera was martyred, Hazrat Muslim ta'ala anhu writes, Thus, Islam did not flourish by the sword. Rather, it did so through the high moral teachings which penetrated the hearts and caused a tremendous change in the morals of the people. In fact, one companion said that the reason he accepted Islam was that he was a guest among those people who treacherously martyred the seventy qaris, i.e. those who had memorized the Holy Qur'an. When they launched an attack on the Muslims, some of them had climbed a hilltop, whilst others stood ready to combat. As the enemies far outnumbered the Muslims, who were unarmed and defenceless, 
they overpowered the Muslims, killing them one by one. In the end, only one companion remained, who had accompanied the Holy Prophet peace be upon him in the migration, and was the freed slave of Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu, whose name was Amir bin Fuhera. It took many of the enemies to bring him down, and one of them thrust a spear through his chest. And as the spear penetrated, he spontaneously uttered the words, Fustu wa Rabbil Kaaba. That is, I swear by the Lord of the Kaaba, I have prospered. When he, i.e. Amir bin Tufel, who was one of the assailants who later accepted Islam, heard these words, he was left astonished. He thought to himself, this man is far from his wife, his children, and is in such an ordeal where a spear has been thrust through his chest. Yet as he was dying, the only thing he uttered was, Fustu wa Rabbil Kaaba. That is, I swear by the Lord of the Kaaba, I have prospered. Is this person not a madman? Hence, Amir bin Tufail asked the others why he has spoken such words. And they replied to him, that little do you know that these Muslims are indeed mad. When they die in the way of God Almighty, they believe God is pleased with them, and they have obtained their goal. Upon this, Amir bin Tufail said, that this had such a great impact on him, that he decided to go and see the Muslim headquarters to study their religion for himself. Therefore, when he reached Medina, he accepted Islam. His companion stated that a man was killed with a spear in this incident. He was far away from his hometown and relatives, yet the words which flowed from his tongue were Fustu wa Rabbil Kaaba, that I swear by the Lord of Kaaba, I have prospered. This had a profound effect on him, that even after the attack and accepting Islam, Whenever he would relate the incident, all of a sudden his body would tremble and the eyes would flow with tears when he would reach the part where the words Fustu wa Rabbil Kaaba, i.e. I swear by the Lord of the Kaaba, I have prospered, were uttered. Hence, Hazrat Muslim Ta'ala writes that Islam spread due to its beauties, not by force. It is also reported that at the time of Hazrat Amir bin Fahira's martyrdom, he uttered the word Fustu wa Rabbil Kaaba, and in another narration it has the words Fustu Wallahi. But both narrations are found. Moreover, Hazrat Muslim Anhu has mentioned that these words were also uttered by many other companions as well. And whilst mentioning this, Hazrat Muslim Anhu states that from reading the history, we find that the companions would go into the battles with the belief that attaining martyrdom was indeed a source of comfort and joy for them. If they ever experienced any kind of sorrow during the battles, they would consider it as a source of solace for them. Thus we find numerous incidents in history wherein they considered being slain in the way of God as a source of comfort. For instance, the Hufas that were sent by the Holy Prophet peace be upon him to one of the Arab tribes for the purpose of tabligh. The leader of this delegation, Haram bin Milhan, went to Amir bin Tufel, who was the chief of the tribe, to convey the message of Islam whilst the rest of the companions remained behind. Initially, Amir bin Tufel and his accomplices warmly greeted him out of hypocrisy. And so, when he sat down having felt assured from them and began preaching, some evil individuals signaled to another and immediately upon receiving this indication, he attacked Haram bin Milhan from behind with a spear and he fell. And whilst falling, he spontaneously uttered the following words, 
Allahu Akbar, Fustu wa Rabbil Kaaba, meaning God is great, the Lord of the Kaaba is my witness, I have attained my goal. Thereafter, these mischievous people then surrounded the rest of the companions and launched an attack on them. In regards to this incident, it is mentioned that the person who martyred Ahmed bin Fuhera, who was the freed slave of Hazrat Abu Bakr and was also alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, during the migration, later became a Muslim himself. His reason for becoming a Muslim was that he said that when he martyred Amir bin Fuhera, he immediately uttered the words, Fustu Wallahi, that is, by God, I have attained my goal. These accounts therefore illustrate the fact that death was a source of joy for the companions instead of any kind of sorrow. Thus, these companions were so fortunate, particularly Amir bin Fuhera, who also had the opportunity to serve Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu, and he also had the opportunity to serve the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and accompanied him during his migration. He would also provide food to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, while he was in the cave of Sur. And in those days, the food was the milk from the goat, and it was Amir bin Fuhera who was assigned with this task. For three days, without fail, he would take the goats there and would provide them its milk. He also had the honour of writing a letter for a pact of peace with Suraka on the instruction of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Also, as a result of the prayer he made, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, also received the news of his martyrdom, even though he was so far away. Indeed, he was an embodiment of loyalty, who demonstrated his loyalty at every occasion. May God Almighty continue to go on elevating his status.